Welcome to The Tipping Point. We're coming at you from Kingston, New York, Wednesday, September 26th. This podcast is brought to you by Democracy Coffee and the People's Empowerment Project. Right now, The Tipping Point is Brett Kavanaugh. What would happen if Brett Kavanaugh were to serve? What might happen with this country? I'm Guthrie Lord. I'm sitting here with Matt Edge, founder, executive director of Democracy Coffee and the People's Empowerment Project. Matt, do you want to talk a little bit about tonight's episode and the People's Empowerment Project. Thank you so much. What we have before us is is a huge tipping point in American politics. Justice Kennedy retired. What you need to know about Justice Kennedy is that he's on the Supreme Court, or was on the Supreme Court, and he was the tipping point on the court. And what I mean by that is there were four liberals and four conservatives on the court, and he was the one in the middle. Because he retired, it's hugely significant who replaces him. And Donald Trump is going against tradition and replacing him with an extreme right winger, because this is a lifetime appointment, will potentially change the makeup of the court for decades to come. For that reason, we're talking about the third branch of government. This is so important for all policy moving forward. Joining the Tipping Point podcast tonight, we have Becca Wild. Do you want to talk a little bit more about this? Yeah, we're in a really crucial moment right now. We thought we've already lost a lot. We lost the executive branch. You know, we don't have control of the Senate at the current time. And guess what? It's not over. We're about to lose the third branch of government potentially working for us, getting legislation or even just defense against some of these crazy policies coming from the Trump administration. It's like basically our last little twig of hope that we have uh, for democracy in this country is the Supreme Court, and we stand to lose it right now. Yeah, it's it's the, the the Supreme Court is the final arbiter. So we could pass the greatest legislation in the world through Congress, and the Supreme Court can come in there and strike it down and say, nope, sorry. So of particular significance to the People's Empowerment Project, uh, an organization geared towards trying to get the corrupting influence of money out of politics, Brett Kavanaugh is an extremist when it comes to giving corporations speech rights. He wants money as speech. Corporations are should have a magnified voice in our democracy. And if it means that the regular person can't be heard, too bad. That's essentially his opinion. And so... A lot of research has come out suggesting that democracy is on decline globally and money, the state of money in politics in this country right now is atrocious. With the appointment of Brett Kavanaugh, we're not going to be able to do anything about it for maybe decades. So while the chances of us stopping Brett Kavanaugh right now are, I wouldn't say winning odds, the consequences for our democracy are enormous. Yeah, I mean, we basically have a really, really slim chance of stopping him at this point. So we need to be doing everything we can. I mean, I guess the biggest issue is the allegations coming out against him. There have been three now. Three women have come forward with allegations of various levels of assault and attempted assault. And even just tonight, we're, we're recording this on Wednesday night, and this like just came out several hours ago, that Julie Swetnick came out with an allegation of actually witnessing gang rape conducted by Kavanaugh and other boys that she witnessed when she was in high school with him. The irony and the hypocrisy is pretty thick right now with Bill Cosby just starting a prison sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah, this is ten, this is Bill Cosby's first night yeah, in prison as well, which is also significant. Yeah, at the height of the Me Too movement, what a slap in the face to have the third branch of government going to another man. It's An alleged a, rapist, yeah. Allegedly drugged. And, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And, and raped young girls. So these allegations need to be taken seriously. They need to be at least given due time to be heard reviewed, considered in a, in a serious way, investigated. If we can delay this nomination, there's a chance that in November, the Democrats can take the U.S. Senate. And that's who confirms Supreme Court nominees. So if this can be delayed another week, let the, let the investigations take their course to figure out what happened. Do we really want to appoint a rapist? to the Supreme Court potentially for life. Um, I'd say we want to be pretty freaking sure. So what can listeners do? Will Senator Susan Collins appoint him to the Supreme Court? And uh, how is Senator Lisa Murkowski um, able to... They're the last deciding votes. So right now, like, these hearings are going on, and basically what they are are just, like, the decision-making process given to senators to decide whether they want to essentially vote yes or no to appointing Kavanaugh. And at the current time... The only chance that there is of there being a definitive no vote on Kavanaugh's appointment would be Susan Collins. It kind of comes, for various reasons, it all comes down to her. You know, she's been a pro-choice voter in the past, and obviously when we, we can't talk about Supreme Court without talking about reproductive rights, therefore we look at which senators have strong reproductive rights voting records, and guess what? Susan Collins is one of our hopes. She's a Republican, uh, but she could vote no on him at this time. Yeah, there's a 51-49 breakdown in the U.S. Senate of Republicans to Democrats. So in order to block the nomination, you need two Republicans to side with the Democrats. And the two most likely are Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski. Because they're both pro-choice. They're pro-choice Republicans, and Susan Collins is considered the most likely to flip, so the tipping point, because she's from Maine, which is a, a purple but reasonably blue state. It's, it's you know leaning Democratic, and she's up for re-election in 2020. And if she votes to confirm, and women lose their right to choose, and our democracy, what's left of it, gets completely sold out to corporate interests, she's going to have hell to pay. Um, so she's the most likely to flip and word has it that people like Lisa Mikowski, the, the four Democrats that are up for reelection in conservative states that are kind of on the fence right now are waiting to see what she's going to do. If people want to have the greatest impact, put your pressure on Susan Collins. So we talked a little bit about this fundraiser last time. What's happening now in Maine with the uh, fundraiser to help her hypothetical opponent? I Just mean, a quick update is that as of the last podcast, it was up to 800000 Now it's up to over $1.5 million, yeah, it is, which yeah. is significant. Not overwhelming, but significant. And so 
Explain yeah. this one more time to us, Becca. Okay, yeah. So this fund could be a pretty good chance that we have for getting Senator Collins to vote no on appointing Kavanaugh. Basically, what has gone down is that there have been some grassroots activists in Maine, and they have created this campaign, okay? And you can find it at crowdpack.com. You can just Google Susan Collins crowd pack, okay? It'll come right up. And it, basically, it's a fund to donate if she votes yes on Kavanaugh, the money will go to her future opponent in her upcoming reelection. Okay, so do you get the stakes there? Nobody's paying her money. No one's taking away money from her per se. But this vote is incredibly important right now. Okay, so if you know, it's up to Susan Collins whether to appoint, essentially. So if she ends up voting yes, then all this money gets contributed to the opponent. And then if she votes no, you will get your money back. If she votes yes, which would be a really horrible situation if if Kavanaugh gets appointed. But you can rest assured that that money will go to her Democratic opponent in Maine in the upcoming election. And this is a significant amount of money. They've already raised 1.5 yeah. million. You were saying the average, you know, 10 million could easily buy. Yeah, the average race is 10 million for the U.S. Senate. Um, in a smaller state like Maine, it's going to be less than that. And currently, uh, Susan Collins has about 2 million in the bank. So we're approaching the amount of money she has on hand to spend on the election. Um, do I think 1.5 million is enough to really change her mind? No. But if you start getting that number up to five, maybe 10 million, I think she would be thinking twice. I don't think she's going to say, oh, yeah, they raised so much money. I'm, flip I'm flipping my vote. But I think she'd say, well, she's had ample cover with all, all these sexual assault allegations coming out. There's a lot of reasons she can, she can cleanly say that she's, she's voting no on this nominee. But suffice it to say, if there's a significant amount of money in that pot, it's going to weigh on her decision. So right now, people are uh, donating $20.20, the 2020 election. Go to crowdpack.com and make your voice heard. So one other thing that um, I wanted to just jump into on this is that there's been some pushback from Susan Collins about this fund suggesting that it's akin to bribery. And at first when I read that, I was just like, oh my gosh, that's just ridiculous. And I was just like, I'm not even going to pay attention. But then I saw op-eds in the Washington Post get published. Saw some other, it got some legs in some other mainstream media sources. And it's just, the hypocrisy of that makes my blood curdle. The Republicans in the U.S. Senate have appointed us a Supreme Court that has ruled on Citizens United Buckley Vallejo, they've gutted democracy, given all the power to money. And they said money equals speech, corporations are people. Now we have a situation where the only way you can get anything done in American politics is if you raise a shitload of money. And so people, because of the system that they created, are banding together and doing crowdfunding campaigns to push back against this. And now the very people that, that brought us this system the cesspool of corruption that we live in are now calling this calling us bribers. It's it's mind boggling. Uh, it's time the left used a little bit more effective strategy. If you asked me, I mean, it's um, 
it, it, we've had a bad track record in the left of fighting hard for what we believe in. I think we, we get preoccupied with everything being ethical constantly, which is not a game that the Republicans care about for shit. You know, when Michael Moore was interviewing Steve Bannon, and he said, you know, Steve, like, how have you taken everything that you've taken? How have you gotten so far? Have you, how have you become so successful? And the you being like you and your party. And Steve Bannon said, you know, it's because we go for the head wound and you go for pillow fights. Yeah. So right here, like the, the, Demo the Republicans are playing hardball and Groups of citizen activists band together to play hardball and put some money on the table to do exactly what, you know, Wall, Wall Street's giving tons of money to Susan Collins, the military industrial complex, giving tons of money to Su Susan Collins. She's not calling that bribery, but Democrats start to get smart. Like, we live in a system where money decides everything, and we start banding together so we can have our voices heard in, in this plutocracy we live in. And, yeah. So now we, we need to, we need to, we need to, come to to the challenge with the appropriate and there's nothing deceptive about this this is the most above yeah, the board example totally. of fundraising you know the fun the line between fundraising and bribery is admittedly blurry but this is one of the most basic examples of people overt yeah and being right out and open as opposed to like you know the military contractor that that goes behind closed doors and like says you know we'd like it if you went you know bomb these countries so we can get this contract wink wink here's our check yeah, behind closed doors this is overt this is people saying hey we're opposed to this we're gonna speak put our money where our mouth is and this is our free speech right to do this and this is not a special interest group this is so our listeners you can google susan collins crowd pack go to crowdpack.com and and uh yeah this is there shouldn't be anything controversial about this yeah and this is something anyone can do you know i mean it's really it's really simple i I'm kind of broke right now. I'm mean, <laughs> doing this podcast. I put in my $5. You know, they're asking for people to do $20.20 20 for 2020. Uh, if you can do that, if you can do more, that's great. But it wouldn't be that hard. I mean, it just put some perspective on it. If just 3% of the people who voted for the Democrats in the last election gave $5, that would be well above $10 million. So given what's at stake here, we're about to lose... A third branch of government. Yeah, this is a huge thing. Like, if you let's had, cough up our five bucks. If you had enough wherewithal to get yourself to vote in the previous election, then you should have enough wherewithal to donate five dollars to this campaign. Unfortunately, your vote wasn't enough, um, and unfortunately, we do have to step up again. You know, I hate to get heavy-handed about it, but this is this is Roe v. Wade on the line. This is our right to choose on the line. This this is kind of like the last straw. We need to protect the Supreme Court against Trump. It could be one of our only hopes for um, reproductive rights at this point. So vote again. Vote again with your $5. We need you to do a second thing. Donate five bucks. You know, she's got to, man, she's got to vote no on this guy. You know, it's really crucial. And we got a reminder of that. Gotta, we've, we have to give her incentive to do the right thing here. So once again, crowdpack.com. And as always, you can visit democracycoffee.org to vote with your dollar and help us keep this operation going. The People's Empowerment Project. Yeah, I have just one thing to add on that. We're going to do a, a special for the month of September. Um, all co Democracy Coffee purchased from our website. Well, it's the 20th. We should do it for October. From here till the, till the nomination, we're going to donate $5 
for each bag of coffee sold on our website to the fund. Wow. Nice. Right. That's a very generous offer, Matt. I just made that up on the spot. <laughs> Say it one more time. Sorry, wait. <laughs> Say it one more time. I mean, we'll do it, but... And wait, we're all not getting paid. Are we all cool with this? Say that. Oh Say it one more time for for the month of October. So, for the month... So, for the month of October, I think you should say till the, till the so nom- from now until the nomination, on our website, if you get some Democracy Coffee for each bag, we're going to give $5 to the fund. So basically, the profit from the coffee goes to this fund to stop Kavanaugh. Wow. So right now at democracycoffee.org, you can vote with your dollar twice. You can vote to keep money out of politics and have your dollar go towards campaign finance reform. And you can also, right now, have it help stop this dangerous Supreme Court nominee. Take action. Thanks so much, Becca Weil, for joining us in the studio tonight. Anytime. Matt Edge. uh, My pleasure. What else can listeners do? Visit democracycoffee.org. Yeah, you can subscribe to the podcast. Go to Tipping Point. It's it's up on iTunes. Just put in Tipping Point, and you should see uh, Rosie the Resistor there. Subscribe to the podcast. Order yourself some delicious fair trade organic coffee, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Mm